Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Norman Thomas. These teachings are designed to empower you to live a higher quality of life. Take a few minutes to receive a deposit of godly wisdom for your day. For more information and more extended teachings from Dr. Thomas, visit normanthomas.org. So get over that, all right? So what is this saying? God has found interest in your life on earth. He wants it to be good. And part of having a good life is being abundantly supplied. God never intended for you to bear the weight of your own provision. This is why the Bible says, worry not in in Matthew 6, 25. Do not worry about your life, what you shall eat, drink and wear. He says, I don't want your mind to be preoccupied with how you're going to make a living. He said, I want you to understand your living's already been made through the gift that I've deposited on the inside of you. And if each man and woman will begin to tap that gift, they'll find provision is everywhere. Provision is everywhere. It's everywhere. So, so he, he wrapped that lesson up in Matthew 6, Where is your provision? He says, if you will seek the kingdom, if you'll seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he says, if you do that first, then all these things, let me put it this way, all the things you work so hard to get, all the things you're toiling for right now, all the things in your mind you think you've got to struggle and sweat and strive and survive for, he says, nope, never was my plan. They will be added to you. They will be added to you. See, that's blowing some of y'all's minds right there. I can tell. That's okay, though. I'm talking to you about the gift of God's goodness and what it means to be born again. Okay? So people, there are people just choose to struggle. I just, well, I don't know about it. I'm just, I believe in struggling. Okay, well, good. Struggle on. Just struggle on. I believe in struggling. No, God didn't have anything there. Do you want your children to struggle? Why do you think God wants you to struggle? He's a father. Just like you are father and mother. You would not want your children to struggle. Now, yes, you want them to be responsible. You want them to learn good lessons and you want them to be good. I'm not talking about not working. I'm talking about not struggling. Struggling, there was no such thing as struggling in the garden. Struggling didn't happen until you got out the garden. Jesus brings us back to the garden. It's called the kingdom. We're coming back now to the garden lifestyle. I said the garden lifestyle. Okay? And yes, you work hard, but you work hard at what God has put in you. You work hard at the assignment and at the work that he has endowed upon your life. See, I'm not into struggling, striving, surviving. God called us to thrive. And when you're surviving, you're just close, you're always close to death. Survival is just like one step away from out of here. That's not how God intends for you to live. He never intended that. Just read your Bible. He never intended that for you. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28. It says, and God blessed them. That's what he did. He empowered them to what? Prosper. He blessed them. 
And he said to them, now be fruitful and multiply and have dominion over the earth. Fill the earth. Restore. What else he say? Uh, subdue and dominate the earth. You see? And when God said, be fruitful, it's the same as he's saying, let there be light. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What happened when he said, let there be light? Then what's supposed to happen when he says, be fruitful? Okay. That's what's inside of you. So go back to uh, 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. It is in the King James Version, please. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. The gift of goodness. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich. Uh-oh, right there, some people. Jesus was not rich. So you're going to argue with the Bible. You're going to argue with the Bible. What does the Bible say? Well, Reverend, that means spiritually rich. Well, go do your homework. Look that word up in the Greek. That's not what you're going to find. It means abundantly supplied. It means enriched. Okay? Jesus wasn't broke, but he had nowhere to lay his head. That's because he wasn't trying to build no residence on the earth. He was only here for three years. He wasn't trying to build a house. He was telling his disciples, look, if you're going to follow me, we're not selling down. I'm on an assignment, and, and you're on it with me, and we're going to be on the move. So get going home every night out of your mind. Okay? That's what that was about. It wasn't about he was homeless. The Bible says he was rich. How many of you have a treasurer? Jesus had one. Why do you need a treasurer? Because you have some treasure. You only need a treasure when you have treasure. Jesus had one. He was a crook. We all know it, but he had one. You know, Jesus wasn't dependent upon it, but he had one. They fought over his garments on the cross. Fine linen. Okay, so that's enough of that. So my point to you is part of the characteristic of the gift of goodness is this, is that Jesus says, let me take your condemnation and give you my righteousness. Let me take your poverty and give you my, uh, my wealth and abundance. He made an exchange. Now, abundance, wealth, is not monetary. This is, all that's right here. Poverty is not a, a financial problem. It's a spiritual problem. People are broke here first. But when you're wealthy here, you never accept broke. You just don't accept it. You're in a higher reality. See, your, 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 your prosperity is not based on how much money you have. If you base it on how much money you have, you, you'll be broke for a while. Even if you have a little bit. But your abundance is based on the promise of God. God says, I want you to be fully supplied. God says, you know, here's, can I just say this? I got five minutes. I, I give myself five minutes. I mean, I have more than that now, but I'm, I'm saying I want to let you go at 11 today. Think we're going to make it? Yeah. 
Y'all made me forget what I was going to say. Uh, but anyway, what we, what we want to do is embrace the gift to its fullness. Don't take a piece of it and then reject the other piece. And don't get, don't get all messed up by some people who, 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 who exploit this message and try to make money off this message when it's designed to be an endowment for God's people. Okay? Don't, don't, be, don't, 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 don't miss out on what all God has to offer to you in your life. God is, not, God is interested in every aspect of your life. Okay? He wants you, he wants you well endowed. And he wants you happy. You see, the deal is, is that abundance is designed to be a testimony to the world. And it's designed to empower you to help to eliminate misfortune in the lives of people. Starting with those right around you. And that's why you want to be abundantly supplied. I know what I was going to say. I remember I used to pray. I used to pray hard for God to help me with the electric bill. I used to pray hard for this insurance coming up, this car note coming up. Jesus, you know. I need some insurance money. I need car note money. I need car payment, house payment. I need this. And the Lord told me one day, it's not even on my mind. I almost got offended. He told me, that's not even on my mind. You know what he wanted me to do? He wanted me to ask, why? Why is what I need not on your mind? He says, I didn't say that. He says, your car note is not on my mind. Your house note is not on my mind. Because in my mind, I took care of that. So I can't think about doing something that I've already done. Come on. Well, that changed my mind. I said, well, if it's done, then why am I worried about it? You see, what did I start doing? I started, now here's what I started doing. I started confessing the promise of provision. Not to generate some provision, but to Help my spirit receive what was already being made available to me in provision. See, your confession of the word don't make God go make something and give it to you. Your confession of the word prepares your spirit to receive what's already been done for you. Because he says it's already been done. All things have been given to you. So you're already fully provided. You just can't see it or discern it. But when you confess the truth of his word and it turns your spirit so that your spirit now can begin discerning your provision. If you could see it, you'd be almost embarrassed to know how close it is to you. Okay, and your mind is far, but in God's reality, it's, it's right within your reach. He's laid it right there for you to just reach out and get it and go on about your business. You know why? It's not on his mind because it's already done. He don't want it on your mind because he wants your mind on other things. <laughs> okay, well, what other things do God want me to be thinking about? 
He wants you to be thinking about, let's say, nations. Have you ever dreamed about ministering in a nation, how to help a nation? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about how to solve a national problem? How about that? See, you can't think about stuff like that if you're consumed in your thoughts with how I'm going to make it. If you have a survival mentality, you're not going to think about how you're supposed to have been designed and created and engineered by God to be a blessing to humanity. So if you can flip over into this level of thinking, you'll lose your mind concerning those things you think you, you need and the things you think you don't have. Because I'm going to tell you something, something most powerful happens to an individual when they decide to start focusing on how they can be a blessing to other people. You'll find that your provision starts coming to you, starts meeting up with you. Now, I'm telling you something that I've lived. Okay? I'm telling you something I've lived. It doesn't, how many of you have, have really been blessed by worrying? No. Doesn't happen. Why do you keep doing it? Why do you keep doing it? You know what worry is? It is a perverted form of meditation. What you're supposed to be doing with that energy is meditating the promises of the word of God. Instead of building stress up, you're building faith up in your life. Amen. Let me give you the third one and I'll be done. The third characteristic of this gift is found in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. And then in Isaiah 53, 1 Peter 2, 24, what does it say? Who his own self bear our sins. What does that mean? That's Jesus took all of our sins upon himself in his body on the tree or the cross. That we being dead to sins, being made dead to sin should live unto, come on, righteousness. By whose stripes, by the way, we're healed. So I have learned that guilt for the believer, guilt, shame, and condemnation is abnormal because of the righteousness of God. It's abnormal. It's out of character for a believer to be guilty. It's out of character to be shamed. It's out of character because you possess the righteousness of God in Christ. It is out of character for you to think poverty or to have a poverty mentality. It's out of your character to have a scrapping Barely making it, can't afford it. I don't know if I can do that mentality. Well, I'm just trying to be, keep it real. See, you're telling me what your reality is. You're telling me what your reality is. I'm trying to give you a new reality. And so you don't have to have, you don't, it's just some things you don't have to say. You don't have to say I can't afford it. Why you don't have to say that? It's unnecessary to say that. So when I travel around the world, people say, Pastor, you need your jet. I say, I receive it in Jesus' name. That's all I say. 
You see, because I, I, don't, I, don't feel, I don't feel any kind of weight or heaviness about paying for a jet. Because it's not my idea. Now, if, my, if it's my idea, I got to pay for it. But if it's God's idea, he, he's going to pay for it. So all I got to do, all I got to do is believe. All I got to do, if God drops a word of airplane, aircraft into my spirit, I just have to believe that. That's all I have to do. I don't have to, I don't have to say, nah, I'm going to pay for it. I don't have to do any of that. If God don't talk money, you don't talk money. I almost talked myself out of my first vehicle for my dad. He says, go down to the car, the used car lot there, and, and pick out a vehicle in the, in the used car, on the used car lot. Go there and pick out a car. So I said, me, and trying to be smart and intelligent. And everything. I said, well, Dad, what's my price range? He says, did I give you a price range? I said, no, sir. He said, just go do what I told you to do. So I was... You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm trying to talk, what can you afford? Yeah. And that, 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 he didn't bring that up, but I'm, I'm going to bring it up. So if God says, build an orphanage, you're going to ask God, well, how, how much that's going to cost? God says, who, who's talking about money? Your faith can do this. See, so the first step in building the orphanage or building the house debt-free is, is to have that word from God. Now, I'm not saying go take somebody else's word and copy it. Have your own word from God to do a thing, and God has obligated himself around his word. He says, I'm true to my word. I've raised my word above my name. So if God says, if I said it, I'm going to do it. All he needs you to do is believe it. Amen? Amen. So then... By his stripes, what are you? You should never, ever say I'm sick another day in your life. Should never. Why? It's not necessary. And it's a part of the gift package that God has put in your life. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm feeling, I'm catching the headache. Don't catch it. Just let it drop. Let it fall. <laughs> you know, the last couple of weeks, the, the, the flu virus was just, just roaming around. Just, I mean, left and right people were, you had not caught it yet? I don't plan on catching it. I have no plans to catch that thing. Why would you catch something like that? No. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. And I hear people, oh, oh, oh. I say, you know what I say? I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. That's what I say. I just said it to myself. Thank God I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. When I'm reminded, all you got to do is sit and watch the evening news and all those commercials come on TV, the pharmaceutical commercials. It's just an opportunity to practice your divine health. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. So I think you have a good mind. I'm not losing my mind. I, Lord, I thank you that all my blood cells are... I just received divine health. Why? Because by his stripes, I am healed. And notice the word, the past tense there. It's been done. So you never have to go get healed. 
You receive divine health. The best of God is not divine healing. The best of God is divine health. You just walk in it. Isaiah 53 verse 1 and we're done. 1108. Isaiah 53 verse 1. Who hath believed our report and, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor commonness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, and yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. That's how we saw him. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Chastisement of our peace was on him. And with the stripes, we're healed. Let's put that in the Amplified, please. Verses 4 and 5 in the Amplified. Surely he, was born, he, surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. That's what the word griefs mean. Sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. distresses. And carried our sorrows and pains of punishment, yet we ignorantly considered him stricken. We didn't see it. We saw him smitten and afflicted by God, as if with leprosy. Next verse. But he was wounded for our transgressions. That's what, we, that's what happened. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement, the needful to obtain peace. The chastisement, the needful to obtain peace. And well-being for us was upon him and with his stripes that wounded him. We are healed and made whole. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. In Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his name. Next verse. Forget not all his benefits. Next verse. What benefits? Forgives everyone of all iniquities. Really? What else? Heals each one of all the diseases. What? What else? Who redeems your life from the pit and, co of, and corruption? What? Who beautifies and dignifies and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? Really? Who satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles, strong, overcoming, and soaring? I'm telling you, it's good. To hang out with God. It's a good thing. The goodness of the Lord is upon you today. Amen. Stand with me, please. If you have enjoyed this time with Dr. Thomas, visit us online at normanthomas.org for more extended versions of these teachings. You may also learn where Dr. Thomas will be speaking at a location near you. Until next time, 
keep walking by faith.